Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I used to have two older brothers. Now I only have one. When my oldest brother, John, six years my senior, passed away at age 70 in June 2015, it felt like I was losing a finger or a limb. I got the news far away from home on vacation in Barcelona with my husband, Robert. John had been ill for a few years, and I knew he had been struggling with poor physical and psychological health. He had been in and out of hospitals in suburban Boston with heart problems and serious depression. Towards the end, he spent time in a locked ward for patients with severe cognitive and behavior issues. When I visited him there one day, he was curled in a fetal position and obviously heavily drugged. We walked up and down the corridor a few times and I was shocked at how wan and helpless he looked. Later, he was in a rehabilitation facility and finally returned home where he needed constant care. The last time I saw him was on a sunny Martin Luther King day when I took him out to get a hamburger at the restaurant we used to go to together in happier times. He had little energy and was so listless and lethargic. I tried to cheer him up, but didn't have much success. It was hard to see the brother I had so looked up to as a child and a teenager in such a fragile state. As the oldest brother of three, he was always the trailblazer. We didn't have any sisters, although my mother had been desperately hoping that I would be a girl she could call Nancy, but that's a story for another day. John was the first to get his driver's license, the first to graduate from high school, where he excelled as class president, outstanding athlete, gifted trumpeter, and class wit. The first to go to college, the first to go to graduate school, the first to get engaged to marry. Unfortunately, his fiancee later broke the engagement, one of the personal and professional reversals that seemed to haunt John throughout his adult life. So many firsts. Later, he would complain that my parents were easier on my other brother, Peter, and me, a frequent complaint of eldest siblings. We were allowed to get our driver's licenses as soon as we turned 16 in Connecticut, but they made him wait a while. I got back to Boston in time for the memorial service held for John in the Catholic Church. He had attended with his wife and three children. Asked to make brief remarks, I paid tribute to his guidance as my big brother. When I was applying to colleges, he had given me lots of helpful advice. True, he did like to tease me. And when I announced to my family that I was gay, he found this news very difficult to accept. He didn't embrace my identity as a gay man for many years, although he did attend my wedding to Robert at Arlington Street Church in 2004 with his entire family and even gave the traditional toast at the party afterwards. And he did manage with his wife, Judy, to raise three children, two girls and a boy, 
all of whom have gone on to rewarding and successful professional lives with families of their own. John's death, of course, made me much more aware of my own mortality, just as I was reaching the traditional retirement age of 65. But it was more than that. Relationships between siblings, in this case, brothers, are complicated. They are deep physical and spiritual bonds, unlike other, any others we have in our lives. They can be supportive, but also competitive. We came from the same mother and father, so the biological link is overwhelming. But we evolve as very different people in life, as John and I did. His life more closely resembled that of my parents. While I was always the black sheep or the prodigal son with the bohemian lifestyle, it was not easy to maintain a close relationship with him as the realities of our lives increasingly diverged. But John was still always my big brother. You might be able in life to change romantic and marital partners or friends or jobs or where you choose to live, but you can't trade in a sibling. The bond is an enduring constant. That does not mean, however, that being a good brother or a good sister is something that happens automatically. It takes work, as I know from my own experience. Listen to the words of Maya Angelou. I don't believe an accident of birth makes people sisters or brothers. It makes them siblings, gives them mutuality of parentage. Sisterhood and brotherhood is a condition people have to work at, a condition. So love between blood brothers and sisters is not unconditional despite the biological imperative. Brothers can be strangers or they can be best buddies or something in between. It all depends and it can change with time. Being a good brother or sister is not so different from being a good friend. And as I've learned over the years, having and keeping friends is something that you have to work at. It takes effort and thoughtfulness. The uniqueness of the bond between brothers has also given rise to the concept of brotherhood more generally. The dictionary gives a variety of definitions for the word brother beyond the basic meaning of a male child of the same parents or of only one parent, a stepbrother, we use the word in many other contexts. It can also mean a male member of the same kinship group nationality or profession, as in fraternity brother or brotherhood of iron workers. It can also apply to a religious affiliation or a shared belief in a higher power, especially for a lay person. And the word brother can even apply to all members of a particular race or of the human race in general. We recognize now, of course, that the use of the word brother to mean all mankind is a glaring example of male privilege. This idea of brotherhood as fellowship is what Ludwig von Beethoven had in mind when he chose Friedrich Schiller's Ode to Joy as the choral text in the final movement of his glorious last symphony, the ninth. The word brother in German, Bruder, appears three times in the poem. The most famous line, all men become brothers, was later adopted by Marxists and Leninists in support of communism, 
a utopian economic and political system that sought unsuccessfully, alas, to eliminate competition and jealousy. These are the lines from the Schiller. Thy magic binds again what custom strictly divided. All people become brothers where thy gentle wing abides. In America today, the words brother and sister are also used in the Afro-American community as a statement of racial pride, community, and solidarity. You often hear white politicians using the word brother or sister to address Afro-American colleagues or audiences, hoping to establish an emotional connection and display their lack of prejudice. There are many stories about brothers in the Bible and in literature. Often they deal with the competition and jealousy that arises between male siblings, a friction that doesn't usually occur in the same way between siblings of the opposite sex or between sisters, although I might be wrong about that since I don't have sisters. Perhaps the most famous narrative is the one about Cain and Abel from the book of Genesis. Cain and Abel are the sons of Adam and Eve. They gave offerings to the Lord, Cain bringing some of what he had grown and Abel some meat from his flock. But the Lord preferred Abel's gift and hardly recognized Cain's. Cain was so humiliated that he invited his brother out into the field and killed him in a jealous rage. When the Lord asked Cain what had happened to Abel, he replied, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord cursed Cain and sent him into permanent exile in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, yes. As a truly spiritual person of any faith, including Unitarian Universalism, we are keepers, not only of our actual blood brothers, but of our brothers and sisters in our faith community. This is one of the fundamental tenets of any religious system that we are responsible for and obliged to help and to value those who share our beliefs, and even those who do not share our beliefs. Another powerful tale of jealous brothers is the parable of the prodigal son from the book of Luke. Here again, two sons compete for the father's attention. The youngest demands and receives his share of the inheritance, which he wastes in a life of debauchery. When he returns penniless and destitute to his father's home, he is received with love, forgiveness, and even a fatted calf. The dutiful older son feels slighted, but the father soothes him saying, it was fitting to make merry and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The message of the prodigal son story is the need for forgiveness. Resentment and jealousy are antithetical to sincere religious conviction. When we envy others, whether siblings or friends, their apparent good fortune or their apparent preferential treatment, we forget our interconnectedness with all other humans and indulge in selfish feelings that damage our own sense of self and community. The lesson of the prodigal son story applies to all human relationships not just those between siblings. Recently, I spent a week with my remaining brother, Peter. It had been years since we last had the opportunity to hang out and catch up. John's death had made me more aware of the importance of staying in touch. 
I felt guilty after John died that I had not been there for him very much in his final difficult years. We had an unfortunate and rather bitter disagreement and we're not even on speaking terms for a while. I don't want that to happen with Peter and decided to take responsibility and action. We took walks on the beach and traded memories of our childhood and growing up together. Since I was the youngest, there were some things Peter remembered that I didn't. He remembered my grandfather who died when I was about two years old. But there were other things I remembered that he had forgotten or didn't witness. It reminded me that siblings can have very different experiences of their parents and of living in the same household. Peter did a lot of the things you hope an older brother would do. He taught me how to swim and how to ride a bike. But it wasn't easy following him in the same schools three years behind because he was a star athlete, senior class president, all-state clarinetist, had a tight group of friends who were the smartest and the coolest. He was popular with girls. He was a hard act to follow, especially growing up gay. I'm sure that's one of the reasons I set out to travel around the world and move to California immediately after college. I needed some space from my family and from my high achieving brothers. Sometimes I've even envied my friends who don't have siblings. They got all the attention from their parents and didn't have to share it with brothers or sisters. But as I've grown older, I've come to appreciate more the connection of having brothers. When our parents died, it was very reassuring to have two brothers to share the grief and loss and aftermath. You know brothers will always be there. Well, actually, not always, as John's death has shown me. My friends, you share with them an intimate past that you share with no one else on earth. And that is a spiritual gift of enormous value and power. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in Namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Our benediction this week is from Indian author Kalidasha's The Exhortation of the Dawn. Look to this day, for it is life, the very life of life. In its brief course lie all the verities and realities of our existence. For yesterday is but a dream, and tomorrow but a vision. Let us look well, therefore, to this day. Let us keep this faith and carry it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. Amen. Where you go, where you go, I will go.
Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.